Well, good morning again. It's great to have you here. If you're joining us online, welcome as well. Uh, before we jump into the message, I mentioned this last week, but we are in the process of just kind of closing out the year um, in our office and getting everything straightened up there. So a piece of that is we want to get all of our partnership list correct. And if you don't know what partnership is, uh, basically it's our clever way of saying membership, but we want you to partner with us. Uh, and so we've, been, we've got a partnership list going. And if you believe that you've taken that class, if we would just ask you to stop by our kiosk. Uh, just make sure your name is on that list and then check your check mark it that yep I am and I was supposed to be uh, if you find that you're not on that list But you know that you've taken the partnership class or you're pretty sure that you've taken that partnership class uh, Let us know and then you can add your name on that and let us know approximately when you took that um, If you have not been a part of a partnership class and you're interested in it The good news is this we are going to offer one in January uh, And so uh, that'll be coming so I know some people are like how do I become a partner? Uh, never before have we had so much interest as uh, and until we started taking a list and everybody's like how do I get on there? So that will be coming up. We should have done that years ago. I guess Yes. Uh, anyway, so that'll be uh, coming up in January, and you can be a part of partnership. Uh, we are in our series called Thriving Through the Holidays, and, and my hope is that all of you had an incredible week and had some amazing food this last week. My house was just fantastic. Um, we, we got up, and my wife was starting to make some cinnamon rolls, and for whatever reason, they didn't quite rise as fast as so the beauty was. Um, we got to have uh, a great brunch, and then about an hour later, we had an amazing dessert of cinnamon rolls. And then a couple hours later, we had great Thanksgiving, and then a couple hours later, we had dessert again. So uh, if you can squeeze in multiple desserts in a day, that is a good Thanksgiving. Um, anyway, during this series, what we're talking about is how can we thrive through these months and not just survive? Because oftentimes, there's so much going on, and so many things are happening, and got ups and downs. And, and so how do we not just get through it, but how do we really thrive in the midst of these months. And so we talked in the first week, we talked about the importance of how do we just let go of our need for stuff and maybe even reduce some of the stuff that we've got. Then we talked about bitterness and how do we move past bitterness. And we've talked about distractions and how do we avoid some of the distractions that we have in life. And what we know and what we've seen throughout this, if we really want to thrive, if we really want to grow in our lives, what it means is that we have to choo choose to truly focus on what's important. We have to remind ourselves of what really matters in life and really begin to focus in on those things, even in the middle of these days right now, as so many things are going on, probably even more important that we remind ourselves of what's important. So this morning, as we start to move into December, what we're going to do is we're going to start to look at the story of Jesus coming to earth, the Christmas story. And if we're going to really grasp how we're going to thrive through the holidays, this morning I'm going to challenge you to do something. I'm going to challenge you to consider surrendering control. Now, I'm just curious, how many of you, and I, just be honest, in your life, how many of you would say that in your life there's at least one area? I mean, maybe there's lots of areas for some of you. I'm not asking for, like, full confession, um, just partial confession. How many of you would say that there's one area in your life that you really feel like you, you, you just, maybe you don't, you just love to control it or you feel the need to control it? How many of you would say, you raise your hand if you're like, there's some, I really feel the need to control. Look around. Look around. Keep them up. I know it's hard. Look around. You're not alone. If you have your hand up and you're at all tempted to reach over and grab somebody else's hand, <laughs> there's a really good ch chance that, that God has something to say to you this morning. But I think when we look in our lives, there's oftentimes something, even if we're not a control freak, there's something that we really feel the need to control. 
And so what I want to do is we're going we're gonna to dive into sort of a large section of this Christmas story and then, then begin to dig into it and begin to see how can we take those things that we feel like we've got to control, those things that we feel like we need to own and make sure they happen the way that we need them to, how do we begin to surrender those and begin to trust God with them? The story of Jesus' birth is found in a couple different places. Uh, we're going to look at the story that was recorded by a gentleman named Luke. This is what Luke wrote. It's going to be on the screen, and it's in your message notes. Uh, it's kind of a long section, but here we go. It says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Pause there for just a second. In a room this big, I'm guessing that there's some of you right now, you're going through something in life where you are confused and disturbed. There's something in your life that, that is happening, and as you look at that situation, you look at it and you're like, I am really confused. Like, why is this happening right now? You look at that and you're like, I can't figure out why this is the reality in my life. You've reached this point in your life, you've reached a situation where you're like, I never thought I would experience this. And it's disturbing. And it's confusing. And you can't seem to wrap your mind around it. And you're trying to figure out, how do I handle this situation? And you're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? How do I keep going and dealing with this thing that I need to deal with? And, and you're beginning to wrestle, like, how do I take control of this? And how do I manage this? And how do I figure this out? And you never thought you would reach this point. You never thought you would experience what you're experiencing right now. And you're just, you're confused. And you're disturbed. And, and no angel has come to talk to you. You haven't had this moment with God, and yet... Everything that's going on in your life has you feeling somewhat confused and disturbed, or at least in certain areas, you're feeling confused and disturbed. Keep reading, if I can find my place. It says this, the angel says, Do not be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he and you will be called the Son of the Most High. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And Mary responded, this is not convenient for me. I have a five-year plan, and this does not fit. I'm scheduled to be married, and I want to look good in my wedding dress. We have spent a lot of money on the photographer. No, Mary says. Mary responded and said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Like, think about the transition that just happened right there. Like, this is just a, this is one conversation, and she went from confused and disturbed to, I am the Lord's servant. Bring it on. Another translation says it this way. Another translation says, And Mary said, Behold, the servant of the Lord. She's talking about the angel. Behold, this is the servant of the Lord. She's like, I get who I'm talking to. I get who the message is coming from. And then she says, Let it be to me according to your word. Disturbed and confused. That's, that's a big thing, right? I mean, it wasn't like she was like, 
hmm, I mean, disturbed and confused. And then the angel speaks, and she says, let it be. Does that sound familiar, let it be? Literally, the Beatles are quoting Mary. Look at that song. I, I know that you, I, I laughed when I first, I was like, that sounds familiar. And then I went and looked up the lyrics. They are literally quoting Mary. They're like, okay, I don't get it. I don't get what's going on. Let it be. And her response of let it be doesn't mean I get it. Her response of let it be doesn't mean that suddenly she's like, oh, God, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to have sex, and I'm not going to be married, and then I'm going to get pregnant. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I see how this makes sense now. That's not what she's saying at all. That's not what she's saying when she says, let it be. She's not saying, this will all, this all, yeah, sure. If in your life you have ever been in a place where you were disturbed and confused, and then you got an explanation that doesn't make any sense at all, and your response was, let it be. Or, or, or maybe you found yourself in a situation where, where it was out of control and it didn't make it, you couldn't, couldn't make it, it was confusing and it was disturbing. And just from a little bit of, you were like, let it be. If that is you, you are free to leave. You collect $200 as you pass go, I got nothing for you. <laughs> if you can do that, good for you. But my guess is that's not many of us. My guess is that there's some of us in this room, we would say we're not controlling, we might just say we are aggressively helpful. <laughs> we may not say we're controlling, we would say I am thoroughly organized. Some of us want to control everything. And if you're not sure, just ask your kids. They will let you know. If you have a desire to control how they look, if you have a desire to control what they like, if you have a desire and you control where they go and you control who they hang out with and you control what they do and you control the score on their ACT and you control where they're going to go to college and if you control who they're going to marry and if you control how many grandkids you're going to have and if you control how they're going to take care of you when you're old, which I need to talk to my kids about. <laughs> you might have some control that you need to deal with. Some in the room, you might even qualify as a super controller. And you're wearing out your spouse. Oh, that got cool. <laughs> I was not intended. That was not supposed to happen right there. Uh, <laughs> how they chew and how they dress and what they say and where they go. And did every tool get into the place where every tool is supposed to go? And did they load the dishwasher right? And did they park the car all the way in the garage until it rested against the tennis ball? <laughs> and how they vacuum. And of course, we all recognize how important it is to have parallel lines when vacuuming. Right? Don't let those lines cross. Get all the way to the edge. Do it in a way that honors God. <laughs> Everything under the Lord including vacuuming right. Hey, I, I, we want to vacuum right, but... And what's here so crazy, this is what's so crazy about our life, is the more that we try to control, the more we fear losing. And so what happens is that we fear losing more, we try to control more. And the more we try to control, our fear of losing control grows, and so we just want more control. 
And if we're going to thrive through the holidays, if we're not only going to thrive through the holidays, but then take the holidays and launch out of that into a life of freedom, the thought that we have to grasp today, the thing that we have to take with us this morning, is understand and recognize that we don't always have the power to control, but we always have the power to surrender. Now what I recognize is that's a really simple thought, but not a very simple thing to live. We don't always have the power to control everything, but we always have the power to surrender. We don't always have, have the power to control and make him do what we want. And we don't always have the power to make her behave the way we think she should behave. We don't always have the power to control exactly where our marriage goes. We don't always have the power to make sure that all of our finances are exactly lined up and that everything... We don't always have the power to make sure that each of those things are happening. We don't always have the power to get our health exactly where we want it to be. We don't have the power to control our kids to do everything that we want them to do. We just honestly don't have power to control so much of what happens in our life. But we always have the power to surrender and say, God, let it be. And in this story, think about Mary. The angel appears. And, and so oftentimes when we think about the story and as we look at the story, we're like, ah, oh, yeah, kind of easy for Mary, probably. I mean, this is Mary, right? This is Mary. I mean, statues are named after her. We built large cathedrals in her name. I mean, she's the virgin mother of Mary. I mean, like, how hard is, like, come on. And so oftentimes, because we just gloss through the story and because we know how the story ends and we know where it goes and we know all the... Sometimes we just miss that when the angel appeared to Mary, she's just an ordinary, everyday, average teenager. I mean, really, she's, she's kind of just a kid. Scholars would guess that Mary is somewhere between 13 and 15 years old. She's got hopes. She's got dreams. Like you would, if you went to any of the girls in the village and asked them, they would all say, man, I got dreams. I'm hoping I get to get married. I'm hoping some guy will come and choose me. She didn't have a lot of options. If it doesn't work out with the current guy, it's not like she can go to the football game and create some sort of Snapchat with a cute guy. There's, there's no match.com. No Christian mingle. Like, she's in a little tiny community. And not only is she in a little tiny community, women pretty much didn't have a say on how this is going to go down. Women were just sort of hoping somebody would pick them, and she's been picked. She'd probably been hoping and waiting for that moment when some guy would say, you're the one. And she'd probably hoped that he would be strong and handsome. She probably hoped that he would drive a really nice donkey. <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing fancy. Probably a Bluetooth radio would be nice, but just... She probably hoped that he would have a good job, a bright future, you know, strong hands, soft heart. You know, a guy who's really close to his mom, but not a mama's boy. She had these things that she wanted. And more than anything else, she was probably really hoping and praying that that guy would be godly. That the man that would, that would become her husband would ultimately father her children. 
And so Mary gets visited by this angel in the midst of her hopes and in the midst of her dreams and all of her plans. And the angel says, no, 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 no. God has a different plan. And she becomes disturbed and she becomes confused. And some of us in this room, you kind of had a plan. And you had those hopes and you had those dreams. Maybe your hopes and your dreams, you were, you were done at two kids. And then you got a bonus round. You didn't really see that coming. Or maybe a three and a bonus round. I don't, whatever, it, whatever it is, the, maybe it was the opposite. Maybe, maybe your big hopes were three kids and then no kids. And you're disturbed and you're confused. You're like, God, Why? Maybe you got that job and you're like, this is the perfect job. God, I've been waiting for this. Thank you for this job. This is exactly what I needed to get. And you got into that job and all of a sudden now your company is downsizing. You're not even sure if you're going to be able to keep your job and you're just hoping to get through Christmas. Not even sure how you're going to pay rent. And it's weighing you down. Could be a relational issue. Maybe there's some things going on with your kids that just aren't what you planned and there's a really good chance that there's going to be an empty chair at Christmas person that was there last year and for whatever reason may not be there this year and you really never thought that that would happen they always planned that it would be something different and there would just it would just carry on and there would just be joy and contentment within the family maybe there's a health issue you weren't expecting that diagnosis for yourself or somebody that you care about. Maybe the financial weight, it's just pressing down. And it could be any number of things. And life is feeling disturbing and confusing, and, and you didn't ever think it would be this way. And when we think about Mary, we think about the fact that as the angel came to her, Mary didn't know the end of the story. She knew this moment in the story. She didn't know. She didn't recognize that, that decades later, three decade, decades later, Jesus would ultimately die on the cross. That God would raise him from the dead. That angels would, would sing in excitement. That he would ascend into heaven. That he would ultimately be seated at the right hand of God. She didn't recognize that's where the story was going to go. She just knew that in this moment, she had a choice to make. And the choice was to recognize that we don't always have the power to control it all. But we always have the power to surrender. So she has to make a decision. She knows what her plans are. She knows what her dreams are. But she has the opportunity to say, I'm going to surrender to God's purpose and to God's plan. And the interesting thing about surrendering is, it's not a one-time decision. We can't really say, you know, back in 2012, I surrendered control to Jesus. I mean, it's great to have that moment where you're like, yes, I'm all in. But then every single day, it's a matter of saying, yep, I'm all in. And when we look at Mary's response and her surrendering, what's amazing is she doesn't actually know all of those moments when she chooses to surrender. She doesn't actually know how God is eventually going to prove himself to be faithful. I mean, remember, she's a virgin. And if you don't know what that means, ask the person next to you, because it's critical to this story. Right? She's a virgin that becomes pregnant. That doesn't connect. 
which means there's a very awkward conversation that's about to happen between Mary and her fiancé, Joseph. Right? This is an excuse that no one ever thought they would hear. I, I didn't cheat on you. It was God. Like, what? She has to surrender to that moment. I, I laugh too. I, you guys are with me. I'm like, what in the world? Think of this. She has to surrender. She has to trust. She has no idea how Joseph is going to respond in this moment. She has no idea. God doesn't say, I'm sending an angel, and God sends an angel, and God sends an angel, and he appears to Joseph, and in a dream, the angel's like, hey, listen, the whole thing's legit. You've got to imagine, in a small little village where families all know each other, the rumors are flying the whole town has got to be talking. The family has got to be talking. Celebrities and politicians today spend millions of dollars to cover up a scandal like this. But then the Holy Spirit comes to her cousin Elizabeth and says, hey, this thing's with God. Mary's not making anything up. Mary has no control over what people are going to think. She has no control over how Joseph is going to respond. She just has to choose to surrender. And if we fast forward 30 years to the end of Jesus' life, we find Jesus praying in the garden before he gets arrested, and before he gets dragged away, and before he gets beaten nearly to death, and before he gets nailed to the cross. And we find Jesus praying, talking with his father, saying, God, what I'm about to go through is really tough. Hey, God, I know we've thought this through, but are we sure there isn't another way? Have we considered all of the options? And in that moment, Jesus recognizes and knows that the death on the cross, his death on the cross, is ultimately the only way to free mankind from the sin that we've chosen. And when you look at the words that Jesus says, and if you look at the original Greek, after Jesus gets through this whole prayer, the word that he uses when he's done with this is exactly the word that his mother used when she said, let it be. And he surrendered to the plan. And Jesus is like, okay, let's go. Jesus makes this, makes this amazing statement in Matthew where he really speaks to the ultimate power of surrender and of acknowledging our lack of control. Jesus says this in Matthew 10. He says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Jesus not only says this, he lives it. That, that rather than, than clinging to his life, he decides to give up his life. And he gives us up, up his life to find the thing that he cares about most. And the thing that he cared about most was you and me. The thing that Jesus cared about most was entering into a relationship with you and with me. And in order for that to happen, Jesus had to choose to give up control. He had to surrender. Jesus ultimately had to surrender and allow the soldiers to nail him to the cross. He had to surrender and allow them to, to hurl the insults and spit in his face and call him names. Like, he could have taken back all the control. He could have, in a word, brought down legions of angels to give the soldiers the most atomic wedgies in the history of mankind. But he just surrendered control a bunch of guys that didn't even realize who it was that they were killing. 
And he allowed it so that he could find what it was that he wanted. And he wanted life to include you. And so Jesus surrendered control. And not only did Jesus surrender control at that moment, Jesus surrenders control to us. He allows us to choose him. He allows us to choose him because we aren't forced to follow him. We aren't forced to give our life to Jesus. We aren't forced to allow him to lead us to the most amazing life possible. We get to choose that. We aren't forced. It, It was an option of him to surrender that right to us. So here's the big challenge for each of us this morning. The big challenge this morning is to consider what you are trying to control that you really just need to surrender. Now, honestly, I can't force you to do anything with this. But my hope is that that God wants to do something special in your heart. And at the bottom of the notes there, we've put a little line, and maybe you need to extend that line. But what is the the burden on your heart that that you're trying to control and you need to surrender it? And Maybe it's a relationship, and maybe it's marriage, and maybe it's the child that you're just aching for. Maybe it's that difficult diagnosis financial weight, you're, you're crushed by some sort of fear, or you're, you're hurt because of something that you lost, or an addiction that you can't seem to beat, or guilt that you're carrying because of something you can't undo. And oftentimes I really want to give you a bunch of practical steps for how to move forward and how to move past it, but, but really this morning it's kind of just one step a little bit, is to acknowledge that thing that you desperately want to control, but that you know that you need to surrender. That thing that if you begin to recognize, if you cling to it, you'll probably lose it. But if you surrender it and ask God to do what only he can do, you may be able to find it. And so whatever it is, I would just challenge you to write that down on the paper. And write it down and actually begin to acknowledge your desire to control it, but your willingness to surrender it. And begin to invite God to join you in that situation. And what's so amazing about this story with Mary is Mary says, or the angel says, the Lord is with you. And Jesus is eventually also given the name Emmanuel, which means God who is with us. And when you and I choose to surrender, what we're saying is, God, I care about this area so much. I want to control this. God, I want to make sure everything in this is okay. But instead, I'm going to choose to trust that you're here. And I'm going to choose to surrender. And I'm going to stop trying to control it. And I'm going to stop trying to call all of the shots. And I'm not going to force my plan. I'm just going to follow you and see what you make happen. And so the encouragement would be to take this and write write it down on this piece of paper, whatever it is. And allow that to begin to be the process of acknowledging, I'm trying to control and I need to not. And then post that somewhere where you'll see it continually. And then each day decide, I'm going to give control Jesus and surrender and I'm just going to choose to let it be and not cling to what I want to control but give it to Jesus and allow him to help me find what I'm looking for and every week we put in your program these next steps and I said I didn't have a whole bunch but we have some here so your next step today is you think about this idea of a feeling of the need to control and feeling the need instead to let go of control and surrender what is your next step Maybe ne- your next step is just to evaluate where you land on a scale of total trust being zero and total trust being 10, or total, yeah, control being 10. Maybe you need to identify what it is that you're trying to control that's truly outside of your control. 
Maybe your next step is to determine one action that you'll take this week that will force you to rely on God for his outcome. Maybe you need to read the story in Luke 1 and identify where people have surrendered control and where they claimed it. And again, maybe your next step is to write that on that piece of paper, put it somewhere you see it consistently, and each day just say, God, I'm surrendering this back to you. Whatever it is, uh, let's pray, and then we'll have the band come out and lead us through a couple carols. God, thank you so much for this morning. God, thank you for the amazing example of Mary and her willingness to surrender control. God, help us to sense that you are here. God, as we, as we take these next moments and sing some, some classic carols, God, would you allow those to not just be nostalgic, but God, would you allow those to speak to our hearts of the fact that you, you truly came to earth and you truly came to earth so that you could walk through life with us. And, and a part of that is our opportunity to hand over to you those things that we desperately want to control, but we ultimately need to surrender to you. Help us to trust you in that. We love you. In Jesus' name.